I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question. Hello, everyone. This is Vic Cohen, and it is a fair question. And I have with me an incredible guest. She's not only beautiful and smart and funny, but she's an award-winning what do you call yourself? Journalist? Uh, <laughs> is that a fair question? It is a fair question. <laughs> it's Cheryl Lazar. She calls herself a media empress. That was just for fun. And now, but it's funny because people- That is what you call yourself. You know what? Perception is reality. Yo, that's very good. <laughs> but I like that. I'm well, it's be- because I, looked at, I always looked up to people like Oprah and people always referred to her as having- an empire. So if I, if you have an empire and you're a woman, not that I'm sexist or anything, yes. but that means you are a media empress. Okay. And, and if you're involved in media, obviously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a landscaper, that yeah. would work. And I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with media emperor. Oh. Would you mind? Yeah. That sounds more powerful. Is that okay? You're just re- reimagining things here. I w- I'm thinking of myself as an I'm tweeting. Right I'm going to tweet. I would love for you to tweet. Of course. I know you're into that. It's at Vic Cohen, right? It is at V I C C O H E, and you got to help me get back, you know, more into it. I, it's it's all about doing it regularly, like like working out, isn't it's it? Like going to the bathroom. Really? Yes. No. It's, you, it just needs to become a part of you, like an extension of you. Is that what? You- so it's not a big deal to just share things and tweet. Although I feel like I feel like I used to when I started, and I look back at my tweets or my Facebook updates, and they are definitely I feel like more personal now. I'll be more aware when I'm like, I'm going through something personal. Should I share it? And then if I share it, how should I share it? Does it sound too personal? Does it sound like I'm crazy? Does it sound like I'm emotional? Like I'm a drama queen. Like you start looking into it. Well, because you're now a media empress, you need to manage your your, uh, image. Well, because you have people that that are hiring you. I am my own boss. So it's not like I feel like someone could fire me necessarily, but we do have a lot of partners we work with. And I've seen myself people that I follow who are, I work with and I see them venting and getting all emotional online. And to be honest, you start losing respect. Also, you really get to know a person by their tweets. Yeah, you do. And let me just uh, update everyone here because not everyone is necessarily familiar with the Empress. Yes, that is true. The Empress, (laughs) like I am. No one has, uh, you know, had sleepovers and Vegas jaunts. Have you had sleepovers? You and I? Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes, we weren't going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, it sounds a lot more sexier than both of us wanted it to be. <laughs> I'm totally just speaking for her, of course. Um, but I do want to let everyone know, uh, Cheryl Lazar is not only an old friend, and she's not old, but she's a friend I've known for a long time. But she is, this is really exciting for me because I knew her really, it was uh, her first job or close to it right out of college. And now, as we said, kind of jokingly, but not really. I mean, she's made in a huge, uh, huge impact on the tech media world. She's her. She has a show called What's Trending. It's been Emmy nominated, and uh, wow, Forbes has all kinds of nice things to say about her. Uh, there's a magazine, an online site called Tube Filter, who well, they say that Shira Lazar is the Ryan Seacrest. Of web TV. Does that mean you have I'm perfect I'm also really hair? good friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. You have perfect no, hair? Is um, that what that means? Yes. I, I'm metrosexual. No, is even metrosexual in? What is it right now? I don't really know. I don't know if I have ever been metrosexual, though my eyebrows are well manicured. Have you been metrosexualed? What is that? Is that like a <laughs> no, conversion? I, so, I might have. Well- I want to ask you a couple of things here because first of all, you are really interesting. And one of the reasons I find you personally interesting is because when I first met you, you were really fresh. I mean, you were- I like, was fresh off the boat. I was green as you they were. like okay. to say. Yeah. And um, we worked on a show together with Jim J. Uh, excuse me. That was with uh, Sh- no, uh, Sheena, Sheena Easton. Easton. Sheena Easton and Brian McKnight. And I remember that because right. it's the story I tell over and over again of how I got started and how I was working and living- in Vegas in the Golden Nugget. And it was the craziest experience and I had just turned 21. And all of you were like, this isn't normally how it is. This is crazy. Right. And uh, Cher has a great sense of humor and she, you know, she laughs a lot, but you're really very uh, serious, I've discovered. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah, I do have a side of myself. Like I don't like taking myself too seriously, but at the same time, it's like a dichotomy because 
I liked, I don't, I, I like being all hippy dippy and lovey dovey and very emotional and in the moment. But I do take things pretty seriously. Like, no, I, I find I, that I'm very intense about what I do. And it's not even, people have given me crap in the past, like friends, like, oh, all you care about is what you do and you're so obsessed and don't, you have a life and don't you realize, like, it's not about that. You know, I'll have deep, they'll try to get me in those moments. Of, right. Like, try to, find, you know, peel off the layers of the onion. Are you obsessed with your career? It's not that I'm, I think it's just a, a, an expression, a way that I express myself. It's like an artist. And so it's like telling an artist, someone who loves painting, I feel like because that they're looked at as an artist and you're saying like, you're obsessed. You would never say that to someone who likes drawing or doing something creative, like, oh, you're so obsessed if it was a hobby of theirs. Right. However, once they start doing it as something that they can make a living off of, it becomes like, oh, you're so obsessed. What's wrong with you? Well, I can say knowing you that um, career has been, I always, you know, it seemed like it, it's always been a very important part of you. That's not a bad thing. Well, I just, uh, I have a passion to connect with people and have new experiences and it happens that I do that through my work. And right. so that allows me to create goals and challenge myself. That's just... Okay. Yeah. Now, again, I'm just trying to get... <laughs> I want... We have a we have a caller. We have, oh, is it my mom? My mom does this all the time, but she's on the East Coast. It's so a this 207. Super... Let's bring her on <laughs> or him on. Who is this? Hi, this is Elliot. I am from the East Coast. Yeah. I'm from Maine. Okay, great. Hi, Kira. Hey. I just wanted to let you know um, that I watch What's Trending all the time and I really like it. I'm a big fan and I just want to let you know, keep doing what you're doing. I see some hateful comments sometimes, but mostly they're positive response. And I just wanted to let you know, I'm a big fan. I really like what you do. Um, you're inspiring. I'm 18. I'm studying journalism right now. Oh, so. that is so sweet. I was, I thought I was being pranked right now. No, no. no this is real. I love that she's yeah, surprised. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It's oh, very that's really sweet. Oh my God, that, I... Why you are you surprised? Seen, well, you must have just seen me update maybe, or maybe you're following my stream because I just updated that I was here, but that's really sweet of you and I so appreciate that. What's your Twitter name? Um, I am Elliot underscore Fryer. Here, I'll tweet you right okay, now. Okay, tweet me right now. Now, what does that mean? Right, are are you going to follow? Hey, Elliot, uh, where, yeah. where are you listening again on the Maine? Um, from Southern Maine. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for I calling. I so appreciate it. You are so sweet. Thanks and so yeah, feel free to tweet me. And if you ever need any advice about journalism, I'm here. I'm around. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, Kira. you're welcome. Thank you for the sweet right, words. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Now, first of all, you seem genuinely surprised here <laughs> that you got a call. Why is that? I mean, how many people listen know. to what's true? How many people I mean, watch? We have, we have a lot of people. It's just like we're, we're live daily. And I know there's always people. I just never have a sense because I, you know what it is? I have guests that are on my show that are those, you know, huge YouTubers that have such an engaged following. And I see people come, come on my show to talk to them and I create a platform for them to connect with fans. And so that's why when people are literally just wanting to talk to me or say something like that, I mean, people tweet me all the time, but that was really nice like to hear someone's voice and someone who is young and ambitious and that he, he follows what I do. That's super cool. <laughs> It is. And that's part of, honestly, what makes you so endearing is you really are getting a genuine kick out Thank of it. Thank you, Elliot. Yeah, you that was nice. You made my day. Well, um, let me ask you, I just want to uh, make sure I've got this right. You created a show, the show called What's Trending, correct? You're the executive producer, one of the executive producers, and you're also the host. Yeah. Okay. And that's a daily show that is online. Yeah. YouTube.com slash What's Trending or daily okay. live every day, noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern. And we have, you know, our blog is updated throughout the day, 24 seven, our social. So we're curating the best videos that are being shared online. How many people do you have working for you? We have seven people now. Okay. And so you've got that going. Then you do another show on YouTube, correct? Where you interview- Yeah, we have, that was, you know what? That's like kind of a fun show that we've had that got, that really started getting us into the YouTube space before What's Trending. And while we were waiting for What's Trending, to launch called the Partners Project, which is like the inside the actor studio for YouTube stars. And for us, that started because we were at um, this thing called VidCon, which is like the Comic-Con for YouTubers. Okay. As we like to call them. <laughs> and we saw just these these talents, these creators um, and, and their fans just lying down the block or even down the hallway, whatever. <laughs> we were in a hotel. but kind of, And these people were like looking at these these content creators, like they were their Hollywood stars. These mm -hmm. are people they follow daily. And it was amazing. And they were lining up for hours to get an autograph or a picture. 
And Damon and I, my business partner, we said to ourselves, like, this is crazy. There's kind of a revolution movement happening here. And we were doing interviews there, but we said, like, people, these stories need to be told. Someone needs to tell these stories. And media, traditional media wasn't telling them. And we saw something special and we were inspired and intrigued and excited by it. And so that's how Partners Project started. And that's where we really got to know, I believe, the YouTube community and a lot of the creators before. And even then we felt like, oh, it's already blowing up. But I would say that was like two years ago, even before, you know, people started investing money. Now people are building multi-million dollar businesses on YouTube. Right now, uh, so you have that show Yes. And that, how can people see that and when? YouTube.com slash Partners Project. We've have in the past updated weekly. We've kind of gone lax on that because what's trending is like the big mothership. Okay. I saw a show on CNN called um, Now Trending. Yeah. People, it's interesting. So we, I came up with an, the first outline of what's trending was in October of 2009. And I was at the time a blogger, vlogger at CBSnews.com and Everyone would say like, oh, so what's next? What do you want to do? And I, I said, well, I, I'm not just a blogger vlogger. I don't want to just be putting up like random little clips all the time. I want to see if I could create a format out of internet culture, digital trends, what people are sharing online and a bit of everything. I don't want it just to be entertainment news or just politics. It's what's the, at the pulse of that moment, which could be literally anything. And I think that's what, why social media is interesting this day and age. I think that all, traditional media, and while you need to be focused and have your niche, it was always putting audiences in little pockets and, and cornered, cornering them. So it was like, oh, if, you're, if you're, you love gossip, you could watch Entertainment Tonight or TMZ. And it's like, if you love news, you go to CNN or NPR for if you're more of an elitist hipster news type. <laughs> no offense. I love NPR in KCRW. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I wanted to create something new. And so that's how Watch Trending came to be. And it's fun. And no one was using that at that time. It, it just started on Twitter. People saying the trends, what's trending. And so we own what's trending.com. We own all the trendings, what's trending across the board online on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And then it was funny, like traditional media start, started getting into that. Like the trends, oh, we tweet and there's hashtags and how do we curate that conversation? Well, did you find that uh, now trending on CNN is copying you? Do you think- No, I think it's just obvious. I mean, I think it's an obvious evolution in how we connect with stories and share information is through social media. It's not like, oh, we own that. You can't own a way that people communicate. But you don't, you you do feel that definitely- I think they we started are mimicking I what you're doing, right? <laughs> I think that we definitely were pioneers. Not pioneers. I'm calling myself. We were, we were the, some of the first to start uh, a type of segment and format around what was trending online and in social media. And but we were always more for the people by the people. We've always ourselves been in the trenches of the internet and really passionate about the community. Whereas now, I feel like sometimes. In traditional media, they just know that it's cool, it's important. They know they need to go there. And so they just hire this sometimes the same people to do the same things. <laughs> and that's why we're proud to be independent in many ways and paving a new path. But then hopefully, um, you know, also we were able to work with traditional media to figure out ways to connect in, in a more valuable way with the next generation. Your, your uh, company yes. is... A legitimate company, right? I mean- We try. <laughs> I mean, but I've been to your studio. Yes, we've always made payroll. But it's not like a fly-by-night up. I mean, this is a serious deal. That <laughs> studio is blew we me away. Out, yeah, we, we were very strategic in how we did everything. Strategic to a certain extent. I mean, the first show we ever did, we'd never had a pilot. We, But we always had in our minds that we weren't going to just do what everyone deemed as a web show. It was always going to be a, a show and it happened to live on the web. So it was always broadcast quality. We wanted it to look awesome. We wanted it to bring value to the people watching and the talent in the studio. We're obviously, we're still, the budget being spent while people might look at it um, is still um, a tiny amount of what any sort of regular TV budget would be. Let me ask you this. And this is a fair question. What, what did it cost to get that thing going? I don't know the specific numbers. Millions? I mean, no, are you out of your mind? It looks like to it me, and I know- It costs like definitely your rent's, less I, than- Your like, rent's got to be crazy. 
you, you're in Hollywood. That's <laughs> we a, are very, you, but it's just like, it's all about being creative this day and age. It's like, you don't need, well, well, yeah, we have a jib and we have HD cameras. Like there's ways to make something look awesome and bring value. And for me, actually, it costs less than it would have if we had, we're in a, in a, in a studio that was a closed studio because we'd have to build out a whole set. And I didn't want to do a green screen because I, I found that cheesy and I was so over the green screen shows. And so for me, I grew up watching, you know, much music in Canada where they have the studio that's right on the sidewalk and they get to do man on the street, like right out, right, get right into the street. And it just has that raw urban vibe. And I, I always loved morning shows for that reason too. And, and so I, I wanted that vibe and it's hard to find that in, in LA Right or else it's like you're seeing palm trees. I wanted to have I wanted it to have an urban vibe and feel like it, it could be any city. And we looked. I mean, we only we only had a month to create the show when it got greenlit. But you're you're like you know you're you're a young woman. You are. I am. For now. And that's a big operation. I know you have a partner, but it's, it's not yeah. like you guys are in your sixties or fifties and. Whatever. I mean, oh. <laughs> where did you get the money to get this thing going? Well, when we start, I mean, we we have a history in our young age. I mean, we launched in May of 2011. And at the time we were with cbsnews.com and AT&T helped us launch. So we had to deal with that sponsor and they're the ones that financed it. Okay. Are they still um, part of it? No. And then we had a horrible slip from CBS News, which you, pro which you know about, uh, right? Yeah, I you know, know that it. story. Yeah. We had a bit really Tell bad us about it. public split. What is there You to brought say? it up. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm telling you the stuff that happened. And okay. then what happened was we decided to stay, we decided to continue. Um, at the time, yeah, we were left with like basically no money. And we had like a month of the money left and we're like, okay, we could either go on vacation and just call this a day. Like it was a nice attempt. And then that that day, the night we found out in like less than 24 hours and this whole thing happened, we met with Mark Cuban uh, and who, who's always been an, a very, uh, a, a friend and someone who gives great advice and is very outspoken about his thoughts. And he said to us, no, do you believe in what you're doing? And we said, yeah, if we're not doing it, someone else is going to. And we'd be doing it for someone else. <laughs> and so he goes, then you continue. And so we got gap financed and we found a way to get to the next stage, which we needed to go back out to market. We needed to sell to advertisers again. How but did you, do you do that? You Damon's one, but that's my business partner is more of that, the business okay. ad sales. So he was able to get some money together. Well, he was able to, we were able to get back to market to, we, we went back out right away. We, we didn't like skip a beat and we, you know, we continued the show. We apologized again and we continue doing great things. You know, I'm going to be irresponsible if I don't ask what happened at CBS. What happened? That we had someone tweet that Steve Jobs died before he was dead. <laughs> he was fine at that time. Yeah, no, he it was wasn't fine. like ten hours before. There was a that. call that came into the the newsroom, and everyone was obviously verifying it, which it was verified it wasn't true. And instead, the person who was told actually just tweeted it without verifying. Now, but the, the part for you that was hard, it was on your account. It was on What's Trending's Oh, account. okay, but you're yeah. the face. And so I'm, and I'm, yeah, and, and listen, um, I think we're, oh, you know, that was a situation where, one, you need to have huge support by the company for something like that to happen, for them to not cut off the whole arm of that thing. And we were, I mean, we, we weren't necessarily, you know, fully supported, we were new. And so they were like, we want no part of this. Yeah, Any controversy, goodbye. Yeah. So did that, did you get a call that day? Uh, it happened on Friday at four and our letter of germination came in less than 24 hours later. We didn't even, no one talked to us, no one told us, nothing. <laughs> it was like, we, we were told that, oh yeah, hang out till Monday. We'll see what happens with the news. Well, and then those who aren't familiar, I mean, what happens in media is one person reports a breaking story or organization, everyone said, picks yeah, it up. Yeah, we deleted it right in less than a minute. We deleted it and said, sorry, we apologized. And then it was a learning lesson. I mean, we definitely ha are much, I mean, we were strict, always strict in terms of social media, but now we're specifically aware of like, don't we never just make statements? We're not. We're, we were never a breaking news organization, though. I didn't think we're so. not a TMZ. That's the funny thing. So 
I think that we're more aware when people, when we hire people of red flags that come up. Um, like if people start making spelling mistakes or anything like that, we start- Did you let them go? Oh, well, we split, yeah. I mean, there was- The person who, who- Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can, you, it's hard to trust someone after they do something like that. And also it's, you sound a bit protective in that you don't say who it is. Yeah, I mean, there's no point. Right, and it's also over, but- What's interesting. And there's legal, I mean, there's legal issues like, you know, there's NDAs and all that, so. Oh, okay. Non-disclosures. Yeah, you need to be, and you need to be respectful. I was never someone that liked drama. And so that's why the whole situation was very icky to me. It was, a, it was kind of gross, the whole thing. Yeah. And I could have done like, oh, I got offered like to do exclusive interviews, profile pieces, like pretty high level stuff. And I, I could have taken more advantage of it or revealed the truth and, which was basically that someone made a mistake and that it was. Were you surprised by all the media attention? Um, yeah, because I'm not someone like that. Like I love good media, positive media attention. I'm not a negative, controversial person. So that was the most, that was the hardest thing to deal with. But wasn't it a sign of, wow, I'm a player? Like stuff. Someone that said to me, yeah, someone was like, wow, it just shows like you could tweet one thing and then like everyone sees it. That's how powerful your, your, you know, your organization or your Twitter kind of is. And I was like, I don't know necessarily. Like, I think that anyone could have tweeted that that was connected to any sort of organization and it would have, you know, you, you take things seriously these days if they're put out there. Unfortunately, sometimes whoever says it. But I mean, thank, thank you for, um, for everyone for, for thinking that, you know, I think that I don't, I don't want to bode or, you know, enjoy like, oh, taking in the attention that it gave me. I don't think that's like the proper thing. Cause it was a lot of, it was a hard time. It was a dark time. That's why I'm not like, oh yeah, that was awesome. Bring well, it on. It must've been. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. My producers. What's going on? I know every time it's funny. I get a talk, someone in my ear talks and then I talk back thinking they all can hear him, but no one can. Um, I was just going to say, and we'll get to our caller in one second. Oh my God, we have a caller. Yeah, we do. But the, the amazing thing about it is that, um, sure, for you, if that hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't be talking about all this other stuff. Well, right? that's the interesting thing is it forced us to go super independent. And I think the models changed so much in the past year and a half since we we went on our own. Um, one, the value of controlling your product and looking at ourselves as a company. We would have instead been, oh, a show on someone else's network. And it had always been like a web series slash blog. And I think that having, unfortunately having a split, you know, and, and us learning how to truly be entrepreneurs out of it has, you know, looking back now has been for the better. And I learned a lot and, and yeah. And, and now we're building ourselves into real business. That's a valuable business that we can then sell to a company like that for a lot more money than just being, you know, just a, a, a work for hire. Yeah. Work for hire, which I was always, you know, I always was that. And so coming out of that and really having ownership over something and building something is really powerful and it's empowering as well. Yeah, it's, and it's something that looking back, I would have naturally maybe not thrown myself into because it's scary. Oh, we lost our collar. We lost our collar. I guess they don't want to wait sometimes. They don't want to be patient. They Caller, just, you're uh, welcome to call back. Yes, if you call back, I we will Sorry, get right to you. Sorry, I didn't know how patient you were. We wanted to just finish up with that thought. We're just talking, you know. Um, you mentioned TMZ. Oh, and by the way, if you are listening, we'd love to talk to Shara Lazar, media, <laughs> media empress. Uh, 800-893-9562 is our number. That's 800-893-9562. I'm Vic Cohen, and this is the show It's a Fair Question. And everything is a fair question, Shara. You know that. <laughs> oh, I've gotten Elliot a little bit- Fryer, I'm looking at this tweet. Oh, he's a real person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's all real here. Yeah. Speaking of real, um, I'm going to ask a question that uh, I apologize ahead of time if this is going over the line, but this is called It's a Fair Question. I'm, I'm wearing a bra. And speaking of real- <laughs> Now, yeah. Shira has a, she's a, she's a beautiful woman and <laughs> one would say she has, um, beautiful breasts. <laughs> I'm just going to say that now. What hold are on. you talking about? Shira, the question is, you are we on a, Love Line? No. Although that is my favorite show. It's a great show. And this is a fair question. Are your breasts, are those real or <laughs> yes. fake? Really? 
Yes, that did, we've already talked about. I this. never have talked to you about that. I never have. You've been waiting for years to ask I have. this question. Now, You've been waiting for years to have an online radio show. I've been waiting. I've been holding off. Question. So yes, they are. Yes, of course. I would never waste my money. Well, and who knows? I do not know. Maybe if I was very flat chested, but uh, I was flat chested until I was summer of 10th grade. Me too. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so those are real. What, um, and are they a D's? No, uh, depends on the time of month. Really? Seriously? They fluctuate? <laughs> or if I, if I gain weight or It's like whatever. a mood ring. It depends on your mood maybe. <laughs> Well, that's yeah, interesting. actually, have you had any girlfriends, Vic? What's going on? I didn't know breast size changes according to mood, but that is- Not uh, mood. Oh. Depending on the time of month, oh, estrogen. Right. I got that. Okay. Speaking waves, of which- now, The flow. Hey, speaking of which, uh, you do have a man in your life. Yes. Correct? And um, <laughs> and uh, what's the plan for children? Are you, do you want to be a mom one day? I think I do. I mean, the idea How about right is- now? <laughs> It's a fair question. That's what Skid Row Studios is all about. <laughs> it is. This is what we do here. You finally figured us out. Uh, I do see that in my future. Okay. But it's a very surreal idea right now. But not in the I next can't. 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, not. <laughs> if, if 30 minutes is the future, I guess, then that is my reality. But yeah, I see that as something. I mean, I feel like part of life is having, maybe I look at it in a very practical way, the responsibility of having, like it's part of experience of life is having a kid. Yeah. And now when you look at, um, we did work together and I'm just curious, this is another, I consider a very fair question. Yeah. Um, considering I'm, I'm older than you, of course, but did we ever have a chance? <laughs> You're my friend, Vic. It's a fair question. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you were fresh out of college. When How I saw fresh you, was I, you were so fresh, <laughs> fresh out of college. Emerson, young newbie. Oh out of my lord! Um, I think Vic, I would be your biggest advocate if, in terms of the market. Okay, that's all I need. To <laughs> that's good. Any market, Any market. <laughs> good, like the supermarket. <laughs> you know what? I I think I know what you're saying. But, I, I look at you as a great friend who I love having laughs with. That's great. And well, teaches me about life. Isn't that where it begins? Lately, yes, <laughs> it does. Yeah, well, I consider you the same. You're, I do, <laughs> sure. no, I do. I, you're a very special person, I do. Vic, now, did we ever have a chance? <laughs> that's what I'm asking. Did we or do we? Do we have a chance? I know you've got a man in your life, but- Oh yeah, just throw him to the corner. It is a fair question. He's not in the room. No, I like he's him. Not. He, maybe he's listening live online. I like him. He does watch over a lot of what I do. I'll is get he a text. Why is he are controlling? you doing that? Is he controlling? Uh, no, they don't. They call it love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we got the answer to that. No, I met him. He, he seemed like you know, he's a great like guy. He's bald like you. He, see, that's what I'm saying. So I guess you're saying I'm into bald guys. I think so. You like older men. <laughs> he's not that much older. You like, he's older than you. I've dated younger too. Not, I, the guys I always seen you with are no, older. No, I actually. And they're in the business. No, there was one. The, the guy with the was mustache, the, the younger one. You had a photographer. I, I don't know him, but you had the photographer that was in the those business. Those are the years we weren't as close. <laughs> <laughs> you had a, you went yes. young for a bit. You had the, um, okay, there was the photographer. There was um, the stand-up comic. He was your age. Yeah, that was my college sweetheart. And that did not end. Good. He's a comedian. That did not end well. Never. <laughs> whenever we won't go I, there, whenever but... I bump into comedians, I'm like, oh, I've already dated a comedian. I really? Know you can, that's that's, like... That was on your bucket list. It's done. Never yeah, again. That was totally a bucket list. Because they're all the same, you know. Kind of are. No. No, some, you're, you go in the sweeter bucket, but most of them are, I mean, the thing is they're traveling. They're so many girls, look, women love comedians. It's like magicians and comedians. Really? But the magicians are magicians. the sweeter ones. I don't know. I don't know about magicians. Now tell me if this is true. Tell me if my memory is correct. Didn't you have a job offer at TMZ? Probably have my many or not offer. No, I actually, you know, I was, I was up for a gig where I auditioned. Here's what I remember. And you can doing their show. Okay. Well, here's what I remember. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding is that you had an offer and you said this guy, Harvey, uh, Levin, Levin. Yes, but, and it and, hadn't even started. And he, and, so crazy. Right. And it was going to be an online thing and you turned it down for something else. This is what you shared with me that I remember. I remember Harvey. I met him before TMZ had launched. It was a few months earlier. And Harvey is the uh, owner, creator. Creator, multi-gazillionaire. <laughs> right. But the thing is, is he, 
I don't, it was hard to know what they were even interested in. He didn't know what he wanted, which in the end, with what they went for, it was... In his defense, it's startup. Shows when they start up don't kind of yeah, know what they want. which is fine, but ultimately what broke them and blew them up. And he was like, oh, let's do this, let's do that. It's just like, he couldn't pinpoint and he said, we're trying this, we're trying that. And I was always open to it, but it just, there was never never anything concrete. And now I, I understand that mentality because I, I'm also where I am. And you end up working or hiring people right off the bat that are just like really close to you that you trust to experiment. And then something works and then it, it works. And it, while you might like someone or like what they do, it just might not fit what you're creating, which a lot of times you might not even know what that is yet. And so that was, that was interesting though. Uh, and then, but then he hit it big with the Paris Hilton thing that he broke the story. This is when she was big and controversial, but then it became more, you know, in your face, gossipy, snarky. It's definitely out of all the shows. I do think it's like, it's, it is the funniest and the best way of approaching it because it's very deprecating of it's the very, industry. It's irreverent. It, there's it's irreverent. So, and- yeah, but at the same time though, you definitely need to enjoy talking about that type of stuff, which I was you know, a talking head doing entertainment news for a while. And I remember one time it kind of hit me more so that I was just talking about someone whose life I really didn't know about and really didn't care about. And it's like, who was I to be commenting on all the stuff going on in their life? And that's when you kind of feel dirty. Who was that? Do you remember? I don't even remember what, what person it was. It was just a story. And I'm like, and then I joked around with my friends like, oh yeah, I don't even know. Like, uh, can I just look like, can you go look at every other source online and like just regurgitate in a really interesting, funny way? Which is fun to do here and there when you're basing your career off that. It kind of gets old. Talk about your dad. You know, <laughs> Lazar, Lazar Bagels. He's at Bagel Mark on Twitter. Hold on a second. Let's get, we'll get to that in a minute. That's nice promotion though. And we, I did, I didn't know he was in the bagel biz, but your (laughs) your dad, from what I can tell, and I obviously don't know him well. First of all, you look a lot like him. Incredibly. I'm so proud of that. You're the female clone of him. (laughs) Your mustache is a little bigger. Now he doesn't have a mustache that I remember, but I saw you once at the uh, primetime Emmys with him. You were walking around a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago. Um, I've seen him at your birthday parties when um, when I've been invited. <laughs> um, but your dad seems to be a big part of your life and he lives in Montreal, is that right? He does. I'm from Montreal. I was going to tweet quickly the number. Yeah, it's 800-893-9562. And uh, if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Shira Lazar. YouTube.com slash What's Trending. She's from What's Trending really groundbreaking show online. And you know, it's, it's, uh, you get, you get, how many viewers do you get a week? Would you say? It changes all, call me live now. No people. Oh, oops. I, I searched it instead of tweeted it. I feel like I'm an old geezer or something. What's funny is that, um, people called you when I was looking up online about you. Um, they call you a tech geek. I don't even think of you that way. Do you think of yourself that way? I think that I have a geekiness in me. I'm definitely not like, I don't have the latest gadgets and accessories and I need to buy it. I'm aware about what's going on and I'm aware about the conversations and who are the people talking about those things. I think that I've just always been interested in in different and innovative ways to connect with people and tell stories. And that happens to be through technology. But that's my answer. Okay, I like that answer. So you're you're not really. I I just don't. I've never thought of you as a geek. I always think of a geek as someone who has a hard time. No, because kind of, that's that's the traditional version of a geek. I feel like it has evolved so much. Geeks are the new rock stars, as they say. Really? Right. I mean, the people that are inventing some of the biggest companies that we all use, and that are innovating how we connect and communicate. You could say they're all geeks and some of them are, are I'm sure people that were in their parents' basement and some are really cool and awesome. Well, let's talk, I want to get to your dad here. What influence? <laughs> why are you so obsessed with my dad? Because I'm curious, it's unusual for me to see a, a parent from out of town who comes in so frequently on important, on important occasions. It seems to <laughs> me like- He loves me so much. Well, it seems like you have a special relationship with them. That's what I've observed. Yeah, we and have, I'm asking what what is that relationship? Uh, it, I'm his only child. I think that's one thing. Not saying that he wouldn't love me as much if we there were other children, but it's also 
You know, he's not married. So I, I do think I'm the, the only stable woman in his life. Is that a lot of pressure? Uh, well, I, I've always felt not pressure. I've always had pressure on my, my own pressure um, uh, for to raise the bar and challenge myself. And definitely my parents have been so supportive of everything I've done in my career and work and letting me do anything. And, and specifically my dad too. I mean, he, when you I- get the mic really close to you. I just, make, I just want to make sure you're on top uh, of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, that was nothing sexual there. Really. I am talking so, about the mic. Um, I, you know, he's, oh, he's been very supportive of me through all the, the good times, the bad times, the times that I had gigs and I didn't have gigs and maybe I needed help. And, and he's also an entrepreneur. And so I, I do believe I, I learned a lot of my entrepreneurial ways through him, through my stepbrother and my stepdad, all the, and my mom, my mom, I don't want to <laughs> ignore my mom who's in right. education. What, how old were you when your parents got divorced? This is like a Larry King interview. It's, wow, this is really- nuts. It is a fair question. I, I don't like talking about that. It's interesting. I haven't been through therapy yet. Okay, Vic. Well, we're going to help you. And my I, parents got divorced when I was three. And then they got, both got remarried the same year. And when, how old were you? That, that same year when you were three? No, they both got remarried when I was six. Okay. And I, was, I have this, <laughs> my cousin posted this picture on Facebook. so funny of me at my mom's wedding. And I'm so pissed off. <laughs> and I still make that face. So your mom, are they still, now your dad got remarried? My dad got remarried. My mom got remarried. My dad got divorced for the second time when I was 18. Okay. Which was actually really hard to see that happen. Did you see it coming? No, that, well, no, not because him and my stepmom had always been very lovey-dovey PDA. And then my my mom and my stepdad, <laughs> I bet you my mom is listening. She stays up late on these guys. That's good. They huh? were always more kind of at each other's throats. And so it wasn't like the, the traditional love and so I always imagined them ending things before my mom, my dad and my stepmom. But you never know what goes on behind the closed doors, no, you as don't. they say. Right, so they're still married. And then Your my- mother. Yeah, and then he calmed down over the years. He's decided, I guess, to let it all go. <laughs> are, are you close with him? Yeah, now I, I mean, now now he's, he's amazing. He's always been part of my life and very supportive. You're but definitely we did not get along as much when I was six years old. He was very, you know, we we moved into his house. He's an architect. He's very particular, kind of OCD style. And I come in and I'm this crazy kid. And he had his a home office also. So I would use his office. I would go in when I had projects. I remember this when I was in high school where he had a, he had a photocopy machine, which is so cool to have your own photocopy machine, <laughs> right? Did you Imagine ever sit on it and make copies of your ass? No, <laughs> I wasn't like that. I was actually creating a projector pro thing, you know, for a projector. So it was on a clear, like a, what's it called? Transparent thing. Okay. And so I, but I just used any transparent thing I had and I put it through the, uh, the what's it called? The photocopy machine and it melted in. <laughs> in the machine. <laughs> and I tried really hard to fix it. And it's like 1 a.m. And I'm like trying to scream mom. <laughs> and I decide, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do. So I just go to bed nice. and he wakes Maybe me up in the middle notice. of the night. <laughs> what the fuck happened to my photocopy? I have it. And he had a big like uh, case. He was going to court and he had to make photocopies and it was a big ordeal. <laughs> and this is before Kinko's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Did he ever hit you? No, no. Because I always think that's got to be hard when there's an adopted father. Like, I think you not cannot adopted. do that. It's I mean, a not stepfather. A, oh, so if, a, if you're a regular father, you could hit? Well, if I you're think, a biological parent, No, I think hitting, hitting is, is totally wrong. Rational. No, hitting is wrong and, and there needs to be You got step. spanked. You know you got I spanked. I got spanked. I did. Just about an hour ago. <laughs> By, <laughs> By I can't mom. talk about that. Well, I called her mom. No, she was. No, I did not. Um, oh. But I did get spanked as a kid. I don't think it's a good way of disciplining. You know, when it wouldn't be the, my first uh, way ever, any way of doing it. So, um, you're you've got this stepbrother who's yeah. like a mogul in fashion. Do people yeah. talk about that with you much? Do they connect? Sometimes that? I was. It's on my Wikipedia, so it's not that hard to find. Right, but I didn't see it much in. But a lot, a lot of, of people actually don't impress. Like I, I don't even know if people care. 
if that's even a story. Maybe if I have my New Yorker magazine profile one day. Well, yeah. your brother, just so they know who, who he is, um, a lot of you may have heard of Larry Flint. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not her stepbrother. Uh, uh, he's too old. No, but Dove Charney, right? Yeah. Am I saying his American last name? American Apparel, yeah. Right, and he's the guy. He's American Apparel. Yeah, he created it. Now, what influence has he had on your entrepreneurial spirit? A huge, a huge one. I can make a really bad joke right now. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I, that's the thing is I can't think of that joke. And so I had to ruin the whole thing. Uh, you can't think of that joke? What do you mean? <laughs> it's too dirty? No, I just couldn't think of what to say. But no, as an entrepreneur, I mean, he kept going. He He's had so many obstacles. And even from the beginning, his idea, what, he's, what he created, the whole company had never been done before. And he was reinventing what we all looked at as, you know, the t-shirt and apparel business and going up against huge, huge iconic brands who'd been around forever, like the Haynes's and even at the time, like the Abercrombie and Fitch, which is still like, I mean, some of these companies are still competition, but he, you know, he created a new wave. And it was at the time he was obsessed with this Naomi Klein book, uh, No Logo, which is, was again going against the movement of like logos and attaching yourself to a brand. It was like the anti-brand. Mm -hmm. And that's why he went with, you know, shirts and clothing without any, any logos. Uh, and now that became a thing. But if you remember, you could say 10 years ago. It was terrible. Like, guess. Guess what happened? Everyone everything. had like you needed to have a logo, a design, and obviously that, that has come back in and out of fashion. But he came. He said, "Well, I, I know Hanes is always like an undershirt. It's always underneath. What if you could create something that is a state makes a statement, but has no logo on it? Is fitted. You could wear a plain tee or a plain tank top uh, or something, but it still has a style to it." Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people copied him. And then it was also a movement of, you know, of the legalization of, you know, an immigration. And he, he got into politics and anti-globalization and bringing jobs back to the States in many ways. So let me add and, made in, and made in LA. He reinvented a lot of things. So did he share, how close are you two? You, I, I mean, mean, I mean as close, I mean, I, he's always there for me. I could call or text him whenever. You talk but to him I every mean, day? No. I mean, but he's also, he's in his own world. You're talking about someone that himself with his own hands and he still is so hands-on with so many things, built a like multi-million dollar empire, you could say, and thousands of stores around the world. He's managing so much. He's up all hours of the night. He's not like a normal individual. So I think being around that though influenced me in terms of, well, one, the concept of normalcy, definitely. Like I'm around so many crazy people and I'm okay with that because I was around someone, like I'm okay with people not be, like being off or like I embrace that because I, I do, I see the best in those people because I was around someone that had so many incredible qualities, even though in some people's minds, those qualities or eccentricities were off and odd in a negative way sometimes. But then also- Dove is, is I've never seen a harder working person. So whenever someone complains to me like, oh, I have to work so hard. Like I saw him struggle and even, and even when he has, you know, now he has a huge business. He still puts in the same hours. That's so admirable. Now, when you guys were, when you were growing up, he's your stepbrother. So how were you his, how were you guys connected as kids? Like whose oh, yeah, mother? Oh, my, my mom married his dad. So I, I mean, we were, we were actually much closer when we were younger, but I mean, just like you'd be closer when you just see each other more and you don't have the realities of like everyday adult life. Uh, but he always wanted, before I went to college, he always wanted me to work with him. And then I decided to pursue my own thing. And then that's when, I mean, that's also when his company was, you know, a few years after that, his company would yourself? start blowing up. Well, do you ever say, wow, I No, because that wasn't my passion. You know, I'm, you can't force someone to pursue something they don't want. That just wasn't who I was. I wanted to go down my own path, just like he did. He forged his own path. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he, to forge his own path, he also needed to put his all into it and he needed to be surrounded by people that put their all. So his, um, again, the connection is your, mo your mom married his father? Yeah. Okay, so you guys aren't biologically connected. <laughs> so when Elliot wants to call in again, <laughs> I'm, I just made a big discovery connection I'd like to tell you about. Sure. 
Call oh, again. But you and just, just so I get this clear, you guys are not biological. No. So you could get married. <laughs> uh, yes, I guess in your mind. <laughs> it works with you, yes. No, it is a fair question and he's worth a lot. <laughs> so what about your dad? You said he's in the bagel business? Yes. This is your biological yes. well, dad. Well, no, he's in real estate and he's an entrepreneur. He, he's been involved in so much. My dad loves putting his hands in multiple things. Easy. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> and, go on if you want to go. Uh, and he, he does real estate. He's helped with uh, micro cap, uh, helped finance micro cap companies or helped them with their financing. Small public companies that were in need of help. So he's a crazy entrepreneur, super smart guy. Hold on, let's get to this call real quick. This is Elliot. What do you say? Yeah, because he just tweeted me. Hello? Hello? Is this Elliot? Hello? Yeah, it is. Okay, <laughs> what, what's your question? Sorry, no, I just wanted to, I just saw on your Wikipedia page here that you went to Emerson College and I just wanted to let you know that um, I'm actually studying at Emerson right now. <gasps> no way. Is that how yeah, you knew, is even, that how you knew what like, I do? Because of Emerson? No, I didn't even know that. I just um, I just found you online um, maybe two months ago, or maybe last month, actually. And I just found out that you went to Emerson College. That's so funny. Oh, I my God. That means that. we need to meet. How did you find the show originally? Or me? Um, well, Tyler Oakley, I was a big fan Tyler of. Tyler Oakley! You know how he hey, <laughs> Elliot, I and have to... posted What's Trending and everything. Sorry to interrupt, but I have to take another call, okay? Oh, we got it. Oh, my God. Oh, you no, need to text me, tweet me, though, and I'm happy to meet and hopefully come to L.A. and come and inter intern with me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. the L.A. program is starting. Yeah. All right. All right. Here. Thank you for the call. Thanks, Thanks Elliot. Hello. You, uh, hello, caller? Yeah, this is Dan. Hey, Shara. I have a question for Shara. Sure. Hey. Hey, hey, so here's the deal. How how did you go how do you go from obscurity in that whole YouTube world to a place where people, you know, want to want to see you and listen to you? Like what was the what was the moment? What was the thing that that you think, you know, kind of put you into that different place that so many other people would, you know, aspire to be? Well, I think we're we're constantly striving for that. I still have people, like I've mentioned on my show, where I'm just amazed because they're, they're super viral. I mean, each video they put out gets hundreds of thousands and millions of views, and yet they still come on my show. I think it was about finding my specific niche, like what do I love doing and what can I bring to this platform instead of trying to copy all, all of them or be like one of them. And for me, my passion was interviewing people and telling their stories, and it happens that there weren't really that anyone on YouTube that was passionate about doing that for that community as well. And I was, uh -huh. I was creating a format that was bringing quality to it and, and hopefully brought, you know, attention to what they were doing in a different way because then I put it on Huffington Post and I connected to other media companies and outlets. And so I think um, it's all about finding ways that, you know, one, having fun with it and finding what you're passionate about, but then finding ways to bring value uh, to what other people are doing, not just finding the value yourself. Was there when it was it CBS the job at CBS that got you the uh, well, national exposure? You were well, no, I think it was like one the Vlog Brothers were the you know the the ones that allowed me you know and you must if you're into YouTube do you know like Hank Green and the Vlog Brothers? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're uh -huh. the, they're the ones who let me do the interviews for VidCon the first year. And to be honest, like if it okay. wasn't for them allowing me to do that. But it was also because I, I was giving them something that they didn't have, right? Let me be clear here, because yeah. this is something that I've noticed about your career, Shara. Yeah. Especially early on, you were doing jobs that paid very little. These were, yeah. these were rinky dink, not to put them down, but these are like entrepreneurial people with no money. Yeah. And from what I remember watching you work, you just went and did it. Yeah, and that's why that's why I've no when when my own employees are complaining. I'm like, dude, I've been there. If you really are passionate about something, you just have to find a way to do it and practice it. But I think that well, one. So I think that was a big turning point, the Vlog Brothers, because I really got to start to know a lot of the YouTube community. And now hold on, Sharon. Those who don't know the Vlog Brothers, can you? They're like all, I mean, they are icons and pioneers in the YouTube space. They're some of the first kind of vloggers on YouTube. They started VidCon, which has become like the Comic-Con of YouTube. And can you explain what a vlogger is? for someone A vlogger is a video blogger. So it's someone that just does videos on their own, talking to the camera. Okay. And they've just done so much to pave the way in this space and now have a huge following. And I've also 
you know, went, uh, discovered other amazing people and helped develop their talent and they're New York Times bestselling authors. I mean, these guys are just like brilliant. You know, they're those two guys are just like so smart. They become like the uncles. I would say, not even say not godfathers because they're not that old. You know, they're like in their late 30s probably or hopefully I'm not aging them. Uh, so I think that was a turning point. And then being definitely at cbsnews.com and starting to find those viral stars and interview them before, you know, the Ellen show and Today show and all the morning shows got to them. And it was before they even knew that beat. People started to see that and they're like, oh my God, you interviewed Double Rainbow Man or Antoine Dodson. Right. Hey, that was a big deal. Excuse me, is it Dan, did you say? Yeah. We're getting, yeah. A, we're getting a lot of uh, kind of background noise. I'm gonna have to let you go. Is there a quick final question and then we'll have, we'll disconnect. Yeah, the last one. I wanna know what you did that no one ever saw that you posted that that kind of sucked, but helped you to be who you are today. Oh, that's a good question. Okay. Where are you from, by the way? Thanks, from Chicago. Chicago. All right, thank you. Thank I, you so much for calling. Uh, what's something that I didn't, I mean, well, the thing is, I mean, I think it's all about doing and not waiting. And, and the only way to learn what you what you should be doing and not to be doing is to actually shooting it and but sometimes you can I'll be honest sometimes I'll say see something and I'll be like this is not worth posting or sometimes I'll just post it and that's what sometimes your second channel is for what's trending I believe we we've had definitely a learning curve in terms of what works and what doesn't and I and when we started we were putting up everything and our show was much longer and then when we went daily for YouTube we have seen what works and just what doesn't and sometimes we're, you're so connected to something that but it's the hard. Question, yeah. But the question was specifically, Shara, what? what is something you've done that, um, I, I think it was that you you learned from that didn't work. Isn't that what the question was? Yeah, I mean, I've posted lots of th th things, not like anything crazy where it was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing or I don't, I'm trying to think. I well, mean, I'll I, tell you what's fun what? about, what I love about you is that you don't take yourself too seriously, although you take what you do seriously. Yeah. And there's a difference. Yeah, there is a difference. I mean, I posted everything on my personal vlog channel for me singing, like with my family and my dad was like, take that down. That's so embarrassing. But I just put it up because I thought it was fun. Right. So it, there wasn't anything where I was like, oh my God, this is going to ruin my life. Like I... But you know what I mean? And, and, and so my personal vlog channels for those things is fun moments. And, and you can't be too judgmental of yourself. You need to figure out what works. And, and you do figure out what works by looking at people that are doing it right, but don't, not by copying them, but just seeing what are the things that make it work mm -hmm. okay. and then trying that out yourself. You know, being an entrepreneur, kind of going in at it, on your own. Now I know you you have a habit it seems which really works for you and it's smart that you do surround yourself with great people. I'll say something yeah. though. Just going back to that guys. Sorry, I'm not not to backtrack. Yeah. But when you you know you, you listen to your audience a lot so I have posted videos where people are like this the audio sucks or that was a dumb question or why did you say that or you you were talking too much you were interrupting them. And there are trolls out there and you you can't listen to everything because sometimes if you do, it, you could feel very hurt. But I do listen to people when they say those types of things, when they'll they'll be like, yeah, you said this too much or you're interrupting, let them talk a bit more. I respect that. Or I'll, we'll post a video where the audio by mistake sucked and we didn't do our quality control or it was out of sync. It happened this past week. And right away you see that and you just make a change and fix it right away. You... um. So yes, and go in. now we can go to your question. Okay, great. Going along, and thanks, that was a great answer. The, looking at, um, I know how hard it is to do things alone and especially being an artist or creative person, which you are. And how do you deal with the downs? I mean, do you get depressed ever? Because I mean, you seem to be so upbeat and kind of enjoying the mo the best of life. I try to, because you know, the world is ending on Friday. <laughs> is that freaking you out? No. <laughs> it's a relief. It's a relief. Less pressure. So, I mean, do you do you ever get down? Like, where you, yeah, do you have tricks that you I use? Cry. To... I cry. The thing is, I feel. I let myself feel. That's the thing, which is important. You get depressed. I get down. Yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely. I'm naturally. Uh, eating Damon, my boyfriend would say this: that I'm naturally probably the the hap more happy person, happier person that he's met. 
Does that make sense? Not the most happy because I, I don't want to be extreme right. with, my, I'm like the happiest person ever. But I think I see the, the bright side of things. I like looking at the glass half full. So it's a I natural think, disposition. Yeah, I think it's a natural disposition. And then definitely the times I feel frustrated or the times I feel so too much in my head or that I'm looking, you know, it's, it's easy to look at other people and what they're doing and the numbers they're getting and, oh, why are they getting that? And I'm not. And the minute you're doing that, you just have to be like, okay, stop it. You know, like it, that's like you're cycling. You're talking, you're, you're t- almost like talking to you yourself. To you need to get out of your head. No, I don't. But I talk about things a lot. <laughs> like I, you know, my poor boyfriend who will be just like, you're calling me, you're talking, but I'd rather, I'd rather talk about it than keep it all bottled up and just get through it. Because when I'm feeling something, I'd rather feel it and move through it than ignore it and act like it's a horrible thing. Because the worst thing is to think your emotions are horrible. That is a horrible thing. You're right. I think that's really and helpful. You know what? That's a I great insight. Deepak and I, Deepak Chopra's been on my show and he said the same thing. And I, I do believe, listen, he, we all have our own issues and our own demons, but I think it's your awareness and your acceptance of that that allows you to get through it. If we all pretend we're perfect, that's such... Where did you get yes. that idea? Is that something you developed through living? Yeah, I'm constantly figuring it out. It just doesn't make sense. I, it's almost practical. I look at it as like practicality. Like when you're angry... When you're sad and all that, like I always say, when you're angry or sad, like, are you happy about those feelings? Like, it's not about even how other people are thinking about it. Does that make you feel good when you're like that or you react like that? And if you feel like, oh, this isn't like, doesn't feel good. This doesn't, it doesn't make me feel like a content person. Then you need to say there's something wrong with that. But that doesn't always happen. And and just because you feel that way doesn't mean the people around you feel that way. I'm confused. What do you mean if you don't feel like, and what are you talking about in that regard? I almost lost my dream. <laughs> you're saying if, someone, like, if you're thinking about it, that doesn't mean someone else is thinking the same way. I, what were you referring to? Do you remember? If it's okay, if you don't, we can just move past that. Just acknowledging that it's okay to fe- to feel angry and all that and just and move through it. But I was referring to something and I blanked. That's okay. But it's interesting because um, I always find it interesting when people are successful people. Do you consider yourself successful, by the way? I consider... I I feel like we've we've accomplished you and I. We've accomplished things. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I still have so much that I want to do and experience. Like what? Well, everything on like from traveling, experiencing the world, to just growing and and building and creating something awesome that I feel like is bigger than me. And what is that? I mean, in the in the real like the actual concrete thing, you know, is building. I, I we well we want to build what's trending as a bigger brand a multi a multi platform multimedia brand but then just having no limitations on the possibilities of something so if I have an idea or something I want to do just be able to do it and have the the form and the platform to do it and I'm building that right now instead of wa- wanting someone to hire me for that or waiting for someone to hire me for that I think that uh, there's I'm just a- trying to have fun. Vic. Well, okay. Just trying to live the dream. <laughs> well, I think when I, one of the things that's really impressed me about you and watching you grow is you really have balls. I mean, and cojones. you really do. And you come across as uh, very, um, like I said, a little self-deprecating and, and you laugh. And But the truth is you're fearless. My mom always said, you need to be more like the Americans. They're always good at selling themselves. Because <laughs> I'm Canadian. And so she goes, you need to sell yourself better. Well, you're definitely good at that. So, I don't like talking about my, even I, I hate when I, the sad thing is learning, like uh, acknowledging that you've learned to talk about yourself or pitch yourself, which kind of grosses me out. Well, where does that, where does that incredible drive come from? So I, I, somewhat, I think it's in you. It's in your DNA, I do believe. It, and and either you want it or you don't, which is okay if you don't, because that you know that's how I have amazing people and, and employees and people that are on my team. You can't have everyone that wants not you know everyone can't be a leader or, or want that, and it's okay if people don't. But I think it's in my DNA, and I and I've I've been surrounded by it growing up, and so seeing that and seeing people not take no for an answer and create their own realities and their destinies is awesome and powerful. And so that's that's where I see it. So sometimes I don't even know. It's just the feeling of constantly wanting to be better. And this is what it is, is feeling like I don't want to, you know, 
die knowing that I had so many incredible opportunities and I didn't take advantage of this. You things. think about death? Not die, but like, that was really dark. <laughs> but I, I'm meaning like, I want to live the fullest life I can, which means, con which means just, you know, t living a life of, po of endless possibilities. Okay, we're almost done here. We've got about a minute or so left, but I wanted to ask you a couple real, I need some real quick answers. What? Uh, let's say this someone- This is like inside the actor's studio. If someone wants to be uh, a YouTube sensation, uh, it seems like they can join that YouTube world. And, uh, but that's it's not so place. easy. It's just but, like being a, like, you know, breakout comedian right, or breakout I'm not saying anything. It's, easy, it's but lightning in a bottle. Is that the only way to become a success on the internet? I think there's many different ways. Some people money? are great marketers. Some people are great producers. Some people are better in front of the camera. Some people are now great at running social media for people. There's so many different jobs. Actually, the, the internet, this sounds like the internet is creating a whole business and a whole new model and world that is nourishing people's lives. Hey, Cher, we're going to have to wrap it up here. We are wrapping. And I want to tell you, it's been great. It's, it's fun. And it's really fun seeing you succeed in, in the way you want to succeed. I appreciate that. You know, that. kind of creating your own world, your own road. Yeah, hopefully all, all of you can as well. I want to thank you very much for listening to It's a Fair Question. <gasps> it is a fair question. Too many fair questions. It's a very fair question. And where can they find you again real quick? YouTube.com slash what's trending at Cheryl Lazar, I was trending. All right, thanks again. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question.